The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold, hard facts and fresh, hot takes. Can I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in here? it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings VidCast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan. Someone please tell me where Nate Geary is. And this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F words, food and football. The third one is foiled. I have been foiled again, but I'm not entirely alone this evening. I'm just mostly alone. It's like sort of being single, but not really being single. It's somewhere in the middle of being single because Mr. Geary is joining me, but he's not joining me in the same method by which he normally joins me. And not only is he screwing up the whole guest thing, he's also screwing up the timing of the guest thing. So apparently we're just all going to operate on Nate's schedule, you know, just the world just revolving around Nate at Epcot. And you know what? After all the stuff that you have said, Mr. Geary, about fish fry over the last couple of days, let me just tell you, you're going to get yourself an opportunity to explain yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, starting off the episode with the guest spot, but also making my co-host the guest, here's Nate Geary. What's going on? <laughs> What do I defend, uh, you know, being just generally right about things? I guess it must be that. I, I, you know, I didn't even know. I came in like halfway through this whole fish fry mm. and Nate thing. I'll level with you. It's been years since I've had a fish fry, but I don't remember it being drastically terrible. I don't remember it being something that needed to be crusaded against. Sure. <clears throat> well, listen, I, I, I had never tried it until yesterday at Epcot. 
um, which a lot of people are trying to convince me that eating it in Buffalo would be so dramatically different than eating it at Epcot. I'll like somehow there are special ingredients uh, in a beer battered fried fish in Buffalo than it is here in Epcot or in Disney or in Florida. And like, listen, I mean, I get that about chicken wings, but fish fry is not universal to Buffalo. It is not solely a Buffalo staple. Now I know people in Buffalo will say it's the best in Buffalo and there's lots of good places to get it. It is tasteless white fish battered in a kind of gross, hard, like the, I, I just, the smell of it, Bruce, and we've talked about this on the show. If it doesn't pass the smell test, it can taste amazing. And it's going to be hard for me. The texture and the smell are the two things that I have the most difficult time getting over. And working in McDonald's, now I know, listen, I'm not judging fried fish on the filet of fish sandwiches from McDonald's because I understand that it is a very different thing. But working in a McDonald's kitchen for two and a half years, there is something very repulsive, Bruce, about the oil that gets cooked and used and used. And you're at the place that's the, that's serving fried fish in Buffalo on Friday nights. They're busting out 200 fried fishes a night in those priors. And I, I don't know, man, it just is, it's not a good smell to me. I'm not, that is the one thing about fish that I have a tough time with is if it smells or if it's like, if it has that overly fishy smell to it, I'm just not going to be able to get myself to eat it. Cause I'm just, it's just not, it's not a good thing for me. I don't enjoy it. And if I'm not going to enjoy it, why am I going to eat it? So when it comes to fishing, you smell, you like more of the, the mahi mahi, the orange roughy things. That's not quite as fishy of fish. Yes. Uh, the one, the, the one white fish that I actually do very much like is Chilean sea bass. Um, but that is really kind of best. Like you wouldn't deep fry that, you know? And I, I think there's certain things. I think as Americans, we have deep frying Bruce to me, I think is an overrated technique of cooking food because deep frying to me, especially if you're deep frying in oil or, you know, you're in peanut oil or like whatever the standard oil is, it's going to take the flavor profile away a little bit. You're going to get that, whatever the flavor of the oil that you're using is, plus whatever else has been cooked in it. I genuinely, like, I love fried chicken. Don't get me wrong. But I think there are so many great ways to cook chicken. That I don't need to always have fried chicken. I just think deep frying things, the, the, the love affair of Americans, deep frying everything, Oreos, Twinkies, you name it. Like a Twinkie and Oreo, they are perfect the way they are. They don't need to be deep fried to me. Like not everything needs to be deep fried, people. We'll tell you one thing that does need to be deep fried, and that is chicken wings. Chicken wings yes, need to be fried. That's a fact. And that's you a fact. recently had an adventure. With chicken wings. And for those of you who are not familiar, Mr. Geary had an opportunity to escort mm, famous world-renowned chef Alton Brown around Buffalo to attempt to change his mind on chicken wings because he was not known as being an overly fond member of the chicken wing, you know, aficionados. But tasked with this monumental responsibility, this huge responsibility. The weight of the chicken wing was on Nate's shoulders. He had to deliver. It was the fourth quarter, down mm -hmm. by five, 30 seconds, no timeouts. And Nate 
delivered. And Alden Brown posted on his social media account that his mind had been changed and that the best chicken wings actually came from Buffalo. So, Nate, nice. why don't you tell me a little bit about that experience? Well, there's a lot to tell, Bruce. Um, obviously, the whole conversation started because I was having a conversation about who we should get, what Food Network star, Bruce, that we should have to promote Food for Thought. And Alton's name came up. Uh, he, he and I started chatting about chicken wings. You know what he said, Bruce? He said, a breaded chicken wing will never touch these lips, is what he said. So uh, when, when he said that, I knew I was talking to somebody who understood the the sort of the gravity of the the wing situation in Buffalo. Is For the most part, I know people here in Buffalo are all giddy about wing nuts. I have not had wing nuts yet. Um, that's the one that was featured on, I think, Barstool. Um, I feel like we should not, go to wing nuts, you and me. That's something. Yeah, because if I've never had it, I think that that makes sense. I think we probably should do it because that means you've also never had it. And I think mm. I'd be willing to try it. Um, I'm not, sure I'm not, I, I don't believe breading chicken wings is sacrilegious. Like, I, and I know he's not like beer battering them. He's kind of lightly coating them to give them the extra crunch, which I actually admire because here was the thing. And here's what helped me steer Alton into the restaurants that I believed we're going to change his mind. He, because he, first and foremost, he would not tell me, and I, and I kind of knew the restaurants in the previous places he had tried wings before and didn't have a good experience back in 2019. This all stems from him tweeting out back in 2019. If you want good wings, don't, you don't get them in Buffalo. Um, and that was after he went to a couple of more mainstream bars um, or, or should I say uh, wing joints here uh, in Buffalo. I'm not, not here. Cause I'm in Florida, but uh, you, you, you get the picture. Um, he said to me, Bruce, sauce is the masking agent of the poor and the chefless. Um, it was, as you could, I tried to say it like Alton, um, but I- That was a really good Alton vernacular, by the way. Thank you. Um, so I, I, I'd gotten the sense that wing sauce was not something that was going to either make or break for him, right? But it was secondary to like the cook on the wing itself. So when he told me it was all about the texture and the crispiness and the cook on the wing, that crossed off like seven places on my list, right? Like you don't want to go to a place that is over saucy. Um, you don't want to go to a place that that takes it right out of the fryer and throws it directly into like a pool of hot sauce because that is not going to create the type of texture that's going to get him to change his mind. So, you know, obviously Barbell was on my list and, and that was the first place we started and, and we met up. Um, so we had kind of gone back and forth a couple of days texting and he said, um, you know, do you want us to pick you up? He's like, I have a driver. I could come pick you up. And I was, and as much as I wanted to, part of this is I had to actually move my trip back. So I was supposed to leave Monday at noon. Alton mentioned that he could be in Buffalo Monday morning and have lunch. So I said to, I looked at my girlfriend and I said, we have a chance to go hang out with Alton Brown. Are we going to move our flights back? And like it was a resounding yes, we're going to move the flights back. So we moved it back to six thirty so that we could spend five hours of our afternoon starting at eleven thirty. We were the first people into Barbell. By the time we got our chicken wings, the place was pumped and had a line outside the door. Um, it was it was awesome. So um, Alton had a good experience there. Nothing but good things to say about the wings there. But it wasn't until we got to Lenova, Bruce. And I'm not sure if you yourself have had Lenova. Have you? I have not. So this was the thing that I know a lot of people were upset about. Nate, how could you bring him 
to Lenovo. There are so many other great places. And what it goes back to, Bruce, is, first of all, I, I did not pick Lenovo. I want to go out, although it ended up being his favorite. I did not myself pick Lenovo. Buffalo Food on, on the Buffalo News, Andrew uh, Galerno, which I believe is how you say his last name. I apologize if I if I mispronounced his last name. Um, he came along with us. He chose Lenovo and Duff's. And Duff's on Sheridan is his favorite chicken wing place. Now, he took Alton after we left Elmo's to go to Duff's. And Alton did not change his mind on Duff's wings. He did not like the Duff's wings. And Bruce, I don't know if you've ever been Duff's, but they are pulled from the fryer, tossed into a pool of hot sauce and butter. And that is not conducive to creating that crispy wing when it gets to the table, right? Instead, it creates that steam effect because you're throwing that hot wing right into the into the liquids and it's creating that moistness right away. So I kind of knew that Alton was not going to like Duff's. I, I'm thinking to myself, the last two places for us was Lenovo and Elmo's. I need a place where we're going to get a pit, a char grill on top of the deep fry. Something I know is going to create almost like that jerky effect, right? Mm-hmm. The caramelization of the sauce. So he did like the Lenovo barbecue. And Lenovo barbecue is like basically candied wings. But it was the medium wing to him that was the best, that that sort of stole the show for him. And I know that's going to make a lot of people angry because it's a pizzeria. I myself prefer Macy's wings over, over Lenovo. Um, but I was overruled and I, I'm sorry, you know, Nick, Nick's my buddy at Macy's. I can't pick Macy's over Elmo's and, uh, and Barbell. So, uh, those are my two. I, I stuck with it. And listen, Alton was a super cool guy. Um, I mean, was for, for a guy that, that had come in, um, kind of with a bias, right? I mean, he, he, he said he didn't like Buffalo wings. He was very open-minded. He tried all the wings. We ate a lot of food. Um, and we had a great time. And then afterwards, he also mentioned he is now in a physical relationship um, with Beef on Weck. It's, it's one of the things he left saying. Okay, well, uh, you know, this is, relationship. This is a, a PG rated show, so we That's don't true. we don't really talk about that. It but... is. People always ask if they can swear on the podcast, and I'm always like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then Bruce is like, God, blessed me. I got to go in and beat this out now, son of a. Nate. seriously son of a motherless goat that's what we say here on the show yes that's how that's how we do this so nate i know that you 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 can't be here for long i know you wanted to make sure you jumped in and do the spot ahead of time but i i wanted to kind of get your get your thoughts on mm. the food i want to get your thoughts on the food simile for today because you and i were chatting about it online and the food simile for today is the poyer rumblings and the agent change make me feel like so i'm gonna go first sure so that i can buy you some time and then you, this can be where you you know make yeah. your mark on the discussion and, and you can go off and do your epcot thing the way you're supposed to be doing it but for me the poyer agent change and the rumblings make me feel like i am stuck in the middle of an argument between people who prefer thin crust and people who prefer thick crust pizza my mother is someone who prefers thin crust pizza. She always refers to it as cracker crust. She's like, oh, I want a cracker crust, crust. Like, a, like a crust, like a cracker, right? She wants a th- crust like a cracker. That's what she always says. And there are certain other members in my nuclear family who really prefer thick crust, deep dish pan pizza. Mm. And I'm sitting here in the middle going, we all know the superior crust is Detroit style. We all know that. Absolutely, this. Bruce. Absolutely. But it, it, I don't think it's even debatable at this point, right? But no. I'm listening to these two sides argue, and I go, 
well, now hold on here. Um, you're too thick and you're too thin, but this is just right. And it feels like a very strange sort of conversation. It's either, you know what? Screw it. Let him walk. Or, no, give him whatever he wants. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, there's a nuance here that mm. comes along with the idea that you can't keep everyone. So the money's come from somewhere. Now, I pitched on social media that we already have $12 million, like, allotted for Tremaine Edmonds. Like, it's already there. It's fully guaranteed this year. So literally, you could just take that money and just give it to Boyer over the next two years, and I'd be good with that. I'd be fine with that, right? He, he He's for 2022, 2023. He leaves in 2024, right? We get two more years of Poyer at perfectly reasonable without any consternation about his contract, right? We get an asset back for Tremaine Edmonds, and we call it a day, right? I'm, I'm fine with that. But then you always feel like you're getting yelled at by either side. The people who prefer yeah. thin crust are like, no, what are, you, what are you, idiots? You can't have that. How are you supposed to eat so many pieces if you got thick crust? And the people who like thick crust are looking at you and, what is this, baby pizza? What are you talking about? <laughs> this is pizza for ants? What kind of pizza is this? It's like Zoolander all over again. And so that's what this conversation makes me feel like. Now, I know, Nate, I know you have a different take on this because you and I had a chance to chat, but I'd love to hear you try and throw that into a food simile for me. Yeah, so this is sort of like going to the steakhouse, the aged New York City Gallagher Steakhouse, right? And it's your job to choose between which aged cut of beef you're going to eat tonight. And unfortunately, Bruce, you only have brought enough money to buy one piece of meat. Otherwise, you might buy a piece of meat and then buy another cooked one to bring it back so you can join in the hotel room after dinner. But you know what, Bruce? You're on a budget. You're in New York City. You're doing things. You're on a trip. You're enjoying your time. You don't have the budget to buy the bone-in filet and the cowboy ribeye. You just don't have that choice. But the great thing is, Bruce, you're in New York City. You're in Gallagher Steakhouse, famous aged beef extraordinaire, right? And just like the Bills, this is part of the decision-making process when you're in an elite-level place with elite-level offerings. These are the sorts of decisions that good teams are often forced to make that the Bills in years past simply have not been able to make. It's like living in Buffalo looking for a really good aged steak. You're really not going to find it. There's not a lot of good places to go find an aged beef. But in New York City, in Las Vegas, you go to these bigger metros, these bigger cities, you're going to be able to find. And it's just like when the Bills have evolved from being a small market team that hadn't been able to make the playoffs in 17 years to a team with an elite level quarterback a number one level wide receiver, a tight end who's 24 years old, who's sort of like the bone-in filet, right? And you look at some of the other pieces on this team, on this offense, and I keep thinking to myself, Bruce, I know that you can do it, but it doesn't mean you should. And, and I think the Bills, and I think Brandon Bean has probably spoiled us, Bruce, to the point where now everybody believes there's enough money for everyone. And although he has been able to, in a very wizardly-like way, find ways to make it work, to find room under the cap, to go and get Roger Saffold, to go and sign on Miller to a quote-unquote six-year, $120 million contract, surely there's room to sign Jordan Poyer. But if you pay Poyer, you've also got to pay Hyde, right? I mean, you can't pay one and not the other, Bruce, because if you pay Poyer, then Micah Hyde's going to say, well, I want to make just as much, and you're going to be in the same position, Bruce. So. To me, I, I don't know, I, I keep coming back to this 
scenario where I think about letting go of guys a year early instead of a year late. And how and and I, I guess I agree with you to an certain set, a certain extent with Poyer that you probably are going to get a similar level of play over the next two years. But you just don't know in the NFL, man. And especially with, listen, I, I love the defensive backfield. It's the rock of this defense. It also is probably just the unit that lost them the AFC divisional round game, right? So to me, as long as you have Josh Allen, you can surround him with the weapons necessary and the protection up front on the offensive line. You know, I'm I'm just going to end up picking the 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 bone-in filet, and I'm going to have a good time doing it. I'm going to eat the steak, and I'm going to forget about the fact that I had to choose between five unbelievable other cuts of meat that I'm probably only going to try every time I go, and which is like, what, once every other year when I go to New York City. So um, it's a difficult process, Bruce. Uh, difficult decisions. Uh, and, and what else, the, the kind of final thing I'll say about this is Brandon Bean has made difficult decisions look so very easy that this might be the truly the first decision that he can't spin and make look like he just, you know, snapped his fingers and everything's all right again. And he's happy and Micah Hyde's happy. It Listen, when you start paying guys their worth, every the next guy up stand and say, well, what about me? Who's next? Um, and Bruce, you can't pay everybody. Otherwise, you know, there'd be a salary cap. You'd be the New York Yankees. Also, there would never be any good players hitting free agency. Ever. Uh, the, yeah, we, right. you know, we, we talk about Mickey Loomis all the time and his cap manipulation over time. Mickey Loomis and the Saints just lost one of the best left tackle in football yep. to free agency to the Miami Dolphins. Everybody loses somebody. somebody. You just have to be strategic about what it is. Nate, and what thank you so much for joining me, man. I and listen, Bruce, before you kick me off, position and, and which positions are premier positions, I would agree with you that safety is, is not as low on the list as maybe other people will say, but mm. most teams don't pay two of them, right? And you are you are paying yes. both right now. And once, one's yes. 32, the other one's 31. And if you asked me, Bruce, to prioritize, who do I want, even if the age older, I, it would be hard for me to pick Jordan Poyer over Micah Hyde. And I'm not oh, that I, I, I wouldn't pick Poyer over Hyde. I, I have gone on record as saying before, I think Hyde's more important. I think Hyde is also more important, and I don't want to have to choose Poyer or Hyde, but if I had to, I don't think it's particularly close, and I like what Poyer does. I believe he is, uh, he, he's, that, he's that true strong safety, a guy that can play the box, a guy that can cover tight ends, that can do the rest. He would be missed, but what Micah Hyde does in the center of the field and is a deep, high, deep third safety, it's not... That that is a role you cannot lose. And if I have to choose one or the other, of course you probably do. Again, I think if you pay Poyer, you got to pay Hyde, and I don't think you can pay both. Well, there so you have was, it, that folks. Was, that was my TED talk. There it was. Nate Geary, WGR five fifty. Also, you know, the host of the show. You know, this show. Yes, the show. The show. <laughs> Nate, I wanted to make sure that I got you out in a reasonable time. I appreciate you taking a Thanks, break buddy. from your vacation to do it, and I will. Uh, I will hold down the fort here. And go off and Perfect. have fun, and don't worry about this. I'll, you know, take care of the rest of it. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I'll talk. I'll chat with you next week. And uh, for the folks out there uh, who who are watching or listening afterwards, uh, Alton Brown's tour should be ending in the next couple of weeks, and we can expect you here joining us on a Friday night very soon. That's right. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Nate Geary, I appreciate it, man. Later, guys. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. All righty, we did it. It's weird to have a guest spot at the beginning of a show, and it's really weird when that guest is actually the person who is supposed to be your co-host. Like, that, that's weird. We can all agree that's weird, right? I feel like that's weird. But we have some pieces of information in the comments that I want to get to. And Padden says, Micah Hyde's advanced stats are ridiculous. You're right. And I think that the role that Micah Hyde plays is so unbelievably important. I got a, a bunch of hate for this take. A couple of years ago, I was on uh, Pat Moran's show, and I ranked Micah Hyde as the second best player on the team. This was before Josh Allen blew up um, and before the Bills acquired. So it was years back. And I said Micah Hyde was the was the best player on the team. And I ranked him above Jordan Boyer, second best player on the team. And they were like, whoa, 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 what? And I said, no, no, no. The role that Micah Hyde plays is so important, especially given the fact that teams just do not want to do it. For a long stretch of time, teams just don't want to throw in the deep middle part of the field. For a long stretch of time, the Buffalo Bills had a zero passer rating. When throwing to the deep middle of the field, zero, you would be better off throwing the ball into the ground than throwing it deep middle against the Buffalo Bills. That's how good it was. So that's a Nate, that's a, that's a, that's a you know, Nate Geary special right there. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about Micah Hyde being really important. As long as you have, a situation where you have corners like Levi Wallace who need to be protected, right? Or you have corners who are, you know, four, five, four, sixes guys. I think it's really, really important that you have someone like Micah Hyde. So I am all in. Micah Hyde is probably one of my favorite players on the team. Brent says, I do appreciate Bruce and Nate chemistry. You guys are so great. You know, what's weird. Nate and I didn't work together frequently. Before this, which is kind of strange when you think about it. I was on uh, Sports Talk Saturday a couple times. He was on my show like twice, I think. But it really wasn't something that we built up over years. We've always we've only been doing this show for like eight months, I think. And as you can tell, we're not always on together. (laughs) Sometimes he's on and I'm not. Sometimes I'm on. and He's not. So it really hasn't happened. Um over time, it's just kind of a, a natural chemistry. I think there's a there's a good give and take. And I think the important thing there is that Nate and I are different enough to make it interesting, but not different enough to make it constantly in conflict. And I think that that matters. 
I think that definitely matters. So on the topic of Alton Brown and on the topic of getting your minds changed, I want to talk about food that changed your mind. Something that you used to hate, but you now like, or something that you used to like and you now hate. Because Alton Brown came around on chicken wings. And I came around on goulash. That's my example, goulash. Now, I have a funny goulash story to tell you. When I was young, my family was very, very frugal. And my father used to prepare a dish that he would call goulash. And I, of course, am a small child. I don't really know any better. And what my father's goulash was, was it was a elbow macaroni tub. It was a tub of elbow macaroni that had been cooked with a can of cream of chicken soup, some salt, some pepper, and some butter. That was what he called goulash. The reason we had it, of course, is because it was extremely cheap to make. Like, really cheap to make. Elbow macaroni and cream of chicken soup and salt and pepper and butter and you're good, right? Unbelievably cheap. You could feed five people really cheaply. I didn't know any better. Well, I kind of got a little tired of goulash because, of course, when you're really frugal, you have the same meals frequently. When I grew up, I was introduced to what goulash actually was. And I had to convince myself that it was not what I thought it was. And so because of that, I was forced to change my mind on goulash. These are the types of things that sometimes can get embedded in your brain. My mother used to make this chipped beef when we were little that I never really enjoyed. I had to relearn chipped beef when I got older as well. But for me, it was goulash. For Angie Lindowski, it was mushrooms. Mr. Diggs says ranch dressing. You know, you're going to get you're going to get canceled for that, Mr. Diggs. You're not allowed to like ranch dressing. Patton says Brussels sprouts and broccoli. Love them in honey sriracha now. I have never had Brussels sprouts and honey sriracha, but I do like broccoli. Big, big fan. Richard Rush knows exactly what's up. He says, my mom's goulash was elbow macaroni, onions, and tomatoes. You know exactly what's up, Richard. You know what's up. Moving along. It's draft season. And you know what that means. We're going to pick a draft prospect and we're going to make a food comparison. That's what we're going to do. Last week, it was Traylon Burks. This week, I'm going to make mine. Now go ahead in the comment section and make your own. Draft prospect to food comparison. For me, I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton because we're trying to stay on the topic of safeties which has been sort of a discussion around Bill's Mafia, around the social media atmosphere over the last day or so. And Kyle Hamilton, for me, is pad thai. I will explain why Kyle Hamilton is pad thai. You know, when I have pad thai, or I introduce someone else to pad thai, I always eat it and go, I just don't understand how you couldn't like this. But yet consistently... I'll come across a handful of people who will have their pad thai and maybe I'll have a bite of theirs. They'll have a bite of mine. I'll t- I took my wife there. I had a bite. I was like, yeah, this is, this is good. This is a good representation of pad thai. And she goes, oh, I don't really like it. And I'm always so shocked. I'm like, well, what's, what's not to like? 
I don't understand. How could you not like this? And that's the way I feel about Kyle Hamilton. Just falling, 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 falling. Just nobody really wants him. Every single time there's a mock draft and a team gets their team mocked Kyle Hamilton, they get mad. And I don't understand why. I've watched a ton of his games. I went back over the last week and watched a little bit more. This weekend, I'm going to try and finish up safety, so I'll probably triple down a little bit on Kyle Hamilton film. And every time I walk away going, I don't understand why you couldn't like this, this player. I don't get it. I do not understand why someone could be introduced to pad Thai, have it and go, yeah, that sucks. And I don't understand how someone could be introduced to Kyle Hamilton for the first time and go, yeah, now nah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'll pass on that. And so because of that, for me, Kyle Hamilton is pad Thai. I don't know if anybody in the comments section doesn't like pad Thai or does like pad Thai, but for me, Kyle, Tam- Kyle Hamilton is pad Thai. Now, this is very important. Maybe, maybe the most important. The most important thing we're going to get to is the comment section. Richard says, you got to cook your bacon on a grill with Applewood. It's next level good because Patton had said a food I used to like that I really don't like anymore is probably bacon. Now, I'm going to go ahead and block you, Patton, but just know that I do it out of love. Know that I do it from the heart. I'm blocking you from the heart because Ron Swanson and I share a lot of commonalities. Ron Swanson, one of the greatest cinematic characters of all time from the TV show Parks and Recreation. And one of them is a love for bacon. I can have absolutely, absolutely, I can have bacon every day. Bill's Backers of Kansas City says, Pad Thai extra spicy is my jam. The day after spicy Pad Thai, woof. Yeah, we're not talking about that though. We're just talking about the experience of consuming it. Patton says we had a good run because I'm going to ban him. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's all right, man. It's a little bit like old yeller. You're crying as you pull the trigger, right? You're crying. You don't want to do it, but, you know, it's time. It's time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 9.32, and I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. That's right. I'm going to wrap it up early. You know why? Because my voice is starting to go, and I wanted to try and make through, make it through tonight before resting my voice. But my voice is starting to go a little bit, and I'm hoping I can recover over the next couple of days. But I can feel it starting to, uh, you know, starting to give out a little bit. Andy Lindowski says, does Bruce just drop a dat dough? Yeah, you're right, I did. You know what's up. You know what's up. Bruce is the king of the slang. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We're out of here early. Get you the rest of your Friday night back, the rest of your Saturday morning back. I hope you had a good time. We had some laughs. We chilled. It was awesome. And I hope you didn't leave hungry.